is is it safe to do ketamine on a regular basis or is it too caught because it's not covered by insurance what you're doing is it too expensive and what what is what is the cost if someone's going to do out, out of pocket three three hundred seventy five dollars sometimes the insurance company will pay some sometimes they won't pay anything they want you to have at least five six seven eight treatments and then hopefully the uh effects will spread out and be longer. Welcome to Be Informed, Be Well with John Malanka. Hey everybody, welcome back. John Malanka, United Patient Group, Be Informed and Be Well. And I have another return special guest, Dr. Paul Bregman. Paul, how are you? I'm doing fine. It's nice to be back. You're live on camera. I didn't tell you you're live yet. (laughs) So you're live on camera. Thank Um, you. Good to see you. So, so Paul, so for our audience members, you know, uh, Paul, when Chris and I started United Pace Group back in 2011, I think you were one of the first people we met at a conference and we'd always see your face and I'd, uh, and you spoke and and I'm like, okay, you know, who's this guy? And, and, uh, you know, and so our paths have always crossed. And then uh, I remember we were in, or I was in, uh, where were we? Patients at a time. And I was emceeing the conference and in New Jersey. And I look out in the audience and, and it was months after Crin passed. And that was my, just to get out, get back out there and, you know, uh, don't give up. And I remember seeing you in the audience and I was like, and you came up to me afterwards and just said, and so it was nice to see a familiar face. And so, um, you know, you go through a lot, you know, everyone has this book on the outside cover of what we all, everyone perceives us. Oh, Dr. Bregman, MD, must be successful, must be doing this, doing that. Happens with everybody. And what I didn't know is that you've been going through uh, depression for years, but also diagnosed later in life with uh, type two uh, bipolar. I don't know if you call it disorder or not, but, uh, and so can you share that? Because you're, We've done a couple podcasts. We've done a couple Facebook lives, and it's amazing on how many people that we talk to. I talked on a regular basis. Hey, I just saw that video with with uh, Dr. Bregman. That helped me. It made me feel that I'm not alone. And so, um, thank you for being open and honest. And I know you're still going through things, but I just want need you to know that you're not alone, and you your story is 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 helping others um on here too so let's get on it man what's it's been a you know we we did we we did our first podcast probably about a year and a half two years ago and what have you been doing i know we talked about you know other modalities uh, besides cannabis you've been on antidepressants before you've gone to therapist you've looked at uh, psilocybin and ketamine right so i've done a number of different things and i was diagnosed i went through i'm a diagnostic radiologist and a ketamine and a uh, cannabis expert. And so I was uh, diagnosed, my father had bipolar type, bipolar, and my mother did as well. So I, I genetically, I picked it up from then, them. And it really started at 29 when I started my residency and then was officially diagnosed at 41 when I was feeling more depressed and everything. And then at 45, I had a retired disabled because of uh, depression and suicidal ideation and also irritability. And that's bipolar two. 
I had bipolar two. Bipolar one is when people are very manic and also have depression, but manic where they're really not sleeping and they may have psychosis and hallucin. I, I suffer more bipolar two is more of the depression and more of the irritability and also suicidal. There's a component of this that has a lot of suicidal ideology. So I think about suicide. I haven't tried to commit suicide. I've been in a gun shop a couple of times, but I've always gotten scared. And the key thing about keeping me from staying alive has been the fear of killing myself. And then I got married and I have uh, young kids and I was fearful of leaving that permanent mark on them. So with the history of bipolar type two, when I was working as a radiologist and I finally in 1995, when I was 45 years old, I had to retire disabled because of the depression and the suicidal thinking. And I was working with a psychiatrist there and he gave me uh, every medicine that was on the market from Bilified to Seroquel to, to anything else, and none of it really worked. I was in that category of being treatment resistant. So with that in mind, I went to get um, electroshock therapy, a full dose from 1994 to 2002, and there was a mishap in 2002, and it always helped me. And it was a benign procedure and hope always helped me get out of the depression in the, and so I would recommend that or look into that. And so I had a bad episode. I didn't go back for 18 years. And then I went back and it, after the second treatment, it, uh, it aggravated a heart flutter atrial fibrillation. So that has moved me into suffering with my illness, with the suicidal ideation and depression, but I've moved into looking at ketamine. Ketamine is out there in clinics now, and it's under those psychedelics type of thing. So what I've been doing is getting ketamine infusions. They do it nasal spray, they do it pills, but I get an infusion for like an hour and it's taking like a small trip out there. But during that hour, when I come back after the hour of the infusion, I feel no more suicidal thinking, no more depression, and no more rumination. But the problem is it only lasts for about 36 hours, short acting thing for me. So that is incorporated in, in my help and I'm working with the insurance company. But the major thing has been for me because of the no medicine working from age 45 to really now I'm 72, is that I've used cannabis along the way. And cannabis has been a lifesaver for me because it has lifted my mood and helped with my anxiety as well. And so that came as a lifesaver that if I didn't have that, I would not really have any medicine on the market to use to help me with my mood. This, this is a mood disorder. That, that, that worked for you. You know, for our audience members, ketamine, ketamine was just, I guess, introduced in Belgium. It's funny. I, I used to live in Belgium and, and uh, but ketamine was used in Belgium for 
um, anesthesia for animals, actually. Some people would say it was a horse tranquilizer. And then that was in the 60s. In the 70s, it was used as an antiseptic, antiseptic in the Vietnam War. And then as time went on in the 70s and 80s, a lot of paramedics, when they're uh, helping someone who was attempting suicide and they were manic, as you're talking about, they were using ketamine once they saved them uh, and how they did it. I don't know if it's a nasal spray or, or a pill or, or uh, IV, but it would just calm them down and they'd be able to take them to, uh, I'm assuming the hospital or psych ward just to calm down. And as time went on, even with cannabis, <laughs> where you're seeing all these studies like, I'll be darned. It works for this. It works for this. It works. Boy, we might start looking at this as, as another modality for whatever ailment. And they were finding that with ketamine, with, with patients that we're seeing the benefits with this. Let's do some studies. And so now um, it is become becoming, uh, I guess, used uh, more often. I don't know if it's legal in all states. I believe it's legal in California. You're in Colorado. And the F, there's an FDA approved nasal spray, which insurance covers. And so for you talking about doing the, you're talking IV, correct? Is what you're doing? Those, those treatment infusion treatments? Yes. And so does insurance cover that? No. So what's the difference between the nasal spray and, and that is covered by insurance versus um, an IV infusion, which is not, why, why, why not? One is FDA, baby? one is FDA approved and one is not. Gotcha. So is that like, uh, is that like Marinol FDA approved and yes, yes. and it's not that effective. It's effective for some and they even have a short, they even have a pill now, a ketamine pill as well. Yeah, I knew that. that. And so is, is it, is it, um, and what is a milligram dose? Because I, you know, over the years of, you know, hearing, you know, through college, stuff like that. That varies with, with the infusion it was, it's like 0.55 milligrams per kilogram. Uh-huh. It was a 55 milligram dose, but it was a very trippy dose. I mean, it was very, very powerful in my mind where I wasn't, I mean, I didn't recognize that my feet were connected to my legs, you know, during this. And it was, it was that way, but the powerful of it after an hour, it was over and then I walked out of the office and I just had all of the bad feelings go away. But that's just, that was just the medicine. And I think with the psych situation, it really needs, not only do you need a psychiatrist handling the medicine, but you need a therapist that you're talking to on a regular basis. You need a case manager that's going to look at your life. You need a vocational rehab person that's going to help you get a new career. And the biggest thing is that came into my life was that I got involved with a conservator, someone to handle the money because you're sick and you go to the psychiatrist and he talks about a lot of different things, but no one is leading you outside of the office to handle the other aspects of your life. And if you're not married to someone who can handle all of those things, or if you're all alone, you need a team around you. That's yeah. the key thing. So, so you, you mentioned type one being manic, um, you know. Uh, more, ma- more ma- I have hypomania so, and uh, type one has 
real manic where their nose is pressed against the window. Gotcha. Because I remember one of our previous conversations last year or two, you were talking about, you know, if, if you made a dollar, you spent five dollars, you know, is it with with the managing money. Is, is that did I do I remember that correctly? Because that that happened with my friend's daughter. You know, correct. She, there was no budgeting. I had yeah. no conception and I could rationalize away spending money as well when I should have had somebody in control take if I was getting $10,000 a month from disability, yeah. I should have had that should have gone to someone and take it away. And yeah. I should have worked with $7,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is this, is this working? You know, is it working? Because I know, you know, over our conversations over the last month, you know, it sounded like it was working. But, you know, before jumping on the screen here, it sounds it sounds just like this. It was just a temp temporary fix. And if it is it's a temporary, temporary fix, and I have my psychiatrist and a case manager at Humana trying to fix this for me and get this approved so I can have the ketamine aspect of things and go from there. As far as the team approach, yeah. having the conservator and the case manager and voc rehab and things like that, that all came into place as well and really kept me from becoming homeless. It, so when you get, let me ask you something, because this has happened. Um, first off, my mom says hello. She uh, really felt connected with you and, and being a great mom. You know, she just wanted to give you a hug on one of our past, past things. And uh, so knowing that we were doing this, she's, oh, please tell, tell Dr. Bregman I said hi. And then Beth Dost, who's not only a, a dear friend, a uh, personal friend of, 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 of mine, but of the of United Patients Group. She's a nurse um, and she's experienced this with some of her patients. And so, uh, you know, she has shared your story numerous times. And when I did share that I was going to be doing this. Uh, she's like, oh, please tell him I said hi. And so, again, that's at the beginning of this of, of this podcast. Right? I said, you sharing your story and, and is how easy or how hard it may be for you. You're not alone and you're helping others. And so I, I, I just want to say thank you because, you know, uh, sharing personal stuff, um, you know, complete strangers sometimes make sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's, you know, it's, you know, it's difficult to do. So I, I do thank you for that. So with you. One thing Beth Beth brought up this morning when I was sharing with this, she said, ask Paul, because I don't know if it's a family member of her family, bipolar, and the spouse passed away, and that spouse was their uh, safety blanket. And once that spouse passed away, all the manic stuff started coming back. Do you see, did you see more of that, not only with one divorce, which, uh, you know, I, I've not experienced that, I, you know, I've experienced breakup, and of course, the loss with Corinne, having the loss of that, but also your kids now in that teenage year where they're moving on, we're like, they don't want anything to do with mom and dad. Does that bring up a lot of um, stuff that that your, your daily stuff that's coming up of not having that security blanket anymore? Being alone? Yeah. Being, I'm glad I left the person that I was married to was more of a rescue marriage and we didn't belong together. So yeah. it was better for the kids when I left and they were three and six oh. and they even had a sense that we didn't belong to, together. It's been out of that relationship. I didn't necessarily realize that what I needed as a mental illness patient and a bipolar 
is really stability and also this solidness of type of thing. But I didn't work on that yeah. to get to move to that point until re recently. So yeah, it's been an alone type of il illness and I didn't know how to deal with, with it. But now I have a better idea about how I deal with it. And with the kids going on, I think the kids are developing their own personality. And I think part of them is that they have grown up to a degree afraid of seeing their father sick. Yeah, who, who, who wants to see that? For others that are going through this, uh, d depression, anxiety, loneliness, um, are there support groups that you can share with others? Are there any like... Uh, like you hear people going through AA and 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 yeah, NA. I think they have to look up their local support, the Colorado Alliance for the Mentally Ill. I think there are ones that could be Googled, you know, as well for for support because I think support is very key. But I really get back to that team approach yeah. of it's not just the psychiatrist, it's not just the therapist, it's the conservator to have the money. It's the voc rehab, it's the case manager, it's all of these other components to plug in to the patient so that they have these pieces that are filled in. Because I would have, if I would have had this team at 45, I would have had a couple of million dollars. I would have a, a certainly a job. I would have, you know, I would have had these other aspects of my life that would have been filled in. And so the psychiatrist never addressed these issues. And therefore, I left his office, but I was still on the outside looking in. I didn't have it under control outside his office. Yeah. So people have to kind of remember that aspect as well. Gotcha. Let's let's go back to this ketamine treatment, you know, because I, I, I really know know a lot about it and so i'm assuming our audience i hear about it i've heard about it for years i see even it was even at one point um you know like a a, a, a club drug wasn't it like like ecstasy and stuff like that people yes. would call it yes. super k or special k i believe is what it was yes. but this is not this is not what you're you're doing can you give us um a uh, a walkthrough of what a treatment, because I know we were supposed to film this last week. He said, John, I have a, I have a treatment. And so can you share with our audience? This is a low, this is a, this is still used in the operating room and still used at those high lows. This is a very low dose according to your weight, but low dose. And it's given to me in an infusion. And what I'm feeling is a dissociative, lovely experience from my body within the hour as the IV is running, and that's giving me a rewiring or a reset of my neurotransmitters so that the thoughts that I went in with, suicidality and depression and rumination, is all reversed by the effects of the IV ketamine. And during my trip, I'm dissociated from my body and I'm floating around the room and it's relatively pleasant. And then after that, they put a new IV and they flush it out of my system and I'm back to having this type of discussion with you. So you, 
two things. The, the, does a trip, the way you describe it, is it does it last two hours? Because I know at the beginning you said something about 36 hours. No, it hours. just lasts an hour. It lasts like 40 minutes. And so what was the 36-hour thing that you were talking about at the beginning of, of our conversation? 36 hours of not, maybe not, oh. not feeling suicidal, gotcha. not feeling depressed, and not gotcha. having rumination. Gotcha. So since you, I'm assuming this is what you go through on a daily basis, weekly basis. I mean, is it con constantly here? And uh, is, is it safe to do ketamine on a regular basis or is it too caught because it's not covered by insurance what you're doing is it too expensive and what what is what is the cost if someone's going to do out, out of pocket three three hundred seventy five dollars sometimes the insurance company will pay some sometimes they won't pay anything they want you to have at least five six seven eight treatments and then hopefully the uh effects will spread out and be longer. Uh -huh. I had eight treatments along the way, and each time I had the treatments, it lasted for 12 to 24 to 36 hours, and then it disappeared. So that was my personal mm -hmm. case. And is there any, um, I guess, warnings or side effects that they take? Does it affect brain, heart, livers, kidneys, and anything else like that? Not really. Uh -huh. no. And and you you being in the in the medical profession and have been for quite some time, is this something that you would recommend for uh, younger? I would high, yeah. I would say go through the patients? medicine. I would say go through the medicine uh -huh. and see if it works and see what side effects you're experiencing. Because like Depakote is given out there, but people wind up gaining 50, 60 pounds and become yeah. diabetic. <clears throat> they take what you they give you, you go through that. You can also have a genetic test on a, a swab on your cheek uh -huh. and that can be sent off to the lab and that can come back to tell you which of the medicine, psych medicine, you're most prone to have success with. So that's where I would start. Okay. And the psychiatrist may say, Oh, we don't want that. We don't need that and stuff like that. That's bullshit. You need yeah. that because that'll give a good list. So then you go through the medicine and if that's not working or you're not getting any better, then it's time to talk about ECT. And is that sh shock? Yes. Because that will ECT, electroshock therapy. Gotcha. And that will last, you'll have three months of treatment and that could last for a whole year with you getting maintenance dose along the way. Very benign, very good, excellent. And, and is that something we see like we see in Clockwork Orange where they have prongs on you? And, and, and how? What? Yeah, they just put it here. It's very sane, it's very safe. In most hospitals around the city or something, there may be three or four hospitals that are doing patients from seven in the morning to three in the afternoon, every half hour. So it's both it, inpatient and outpatient. Let me go back to the ketamine. I'm, I'm really uh, interested and curious about the ketamine. So when you're on, on your treatment, is it a guided treatment with, with the therapist talking to you? Paul, let's talk about this, or are you just sitting there? And you, I'm you sitting there and they check in and just see how I'm doing. But if it would be nice if it was a guided trip, 
to be a, because this time around I would have been able to really get much deeper than I am when I'm not on ketamine and talking to my therapist. So, so just, just to hear you correctly, the therapist is not there. They're just looking in the room, making sure that you're the still nurse is, The nurse is checking in every 15 minutes just to making sure I'm doing okay gotcha. and how I'm doing. And what if you, I'm having it, go ahead. Do you think it'd be more beneficial if the therapist was actually walking you through and talking you through like you would? Yeah, at least this time it would have been because I was on a different, I was on a different plane and I would have explained to her how, how in depth I was feeling about my suicidal thoughts and about my depression and what it all really meant. It would have gone from a level two or three to a level like seven, eight, nine. Like, I really feel this way and I really want you to help me with this. It just would have felt deeper. Yeah. What, what can you share with anybody else that's going through this? Doesn't matter what age they are. What, what can you share? You, you've been dealing with the fact of what I said about my team yeah. being assembled. They shouldn't be alone. They should investigate if they're suicidal, especially or depressive. They should follow and talk to the psychiatrist about what the plan is going to be, trying all the medicine, getting the genetic swab, and then if it's not going to be working for them, talking about the ECT in a very real way and not be afraid, and if they don't wanna go that route, then plug in and investigate the ketamine as an alternative as well. And whether that's gonna be an infusion, a nasal spray, or a pill, there are ways to do this to to save your life so that the the so that you don't kill yourself. Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah. That's I mean, what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about trying to work hard and not kill yourself. Is ketamine legal in all fifty states? Ketamine clinics, I think so. Really? In okay. medical. For medical yeah. practices, yeah. yes. Yeah. And ECT, um, is that covered by insurance? Yeah, that's been around for 50 years. Okay. And that's very easily. But yeah. people, even the doctors have a prejudice against pushing that. And if you're not getting well in six months and they've tried all the different types of medicine and stuff, you need to bring it up to the doctor and say, I want to investigate ECT yeah. and I want to look into this. And if that doesn't work, then you definitely, if you're suicidal or really down, you get, at least if you get one ketamine treatment and you can pay for it and you can resubmit the forms, it will give you some relief. Good, good. You know, that, the reason I asked earlier about does it have any side effects because a lot of these other medications have issues on the gut and liver and other organs in the body, as well as, as you mentioned, you know, puffiness. And so um, it doesn't sound like there are too many, uh, I guess, side effects. I don't know. Is it, is it synthetic or what, what is? How, yeah, know? I think ketamine is a synthetic uh-huh. deal. It's and, clean. And the whole are, thing is clean. Gotcha. In all modalities of the spray, the pill and the, and the IV infusion, do they all last about the hour? No. And, the infusion is the most powerful. Gotcha. The IV, the pill, 
may yeah. or may not work for some people. And the spray may or may not be as effective as, as anything. But the IV infusion. the FDA approving that one. Right. But the IV infusion is the one you want, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So you, you did one last week. When, when will you do your next interview? Well, I'm going to wait for the insurance company oh. to let me know what the story is. And I may book another one that I'll pay for out of pocket because yeah. I feel so good, good. And I like the anticipation of feeling good as well. Of course. Of course. So what's the next step then? Can, is it, Do they recommend or do they say not to? You know, I'm a big fan when you're going through something like cancer. You know, pa patients ask me, hey, I'm going to try chemo radiation. If that doesn't work, I'll try cannabis or some other modality. And the good thing about cannabis is that you can combine different modalities. And I'm a fan of something battling something as severe as cancer, um, you know, having a whole arsenal behind it. Regarding depression, is that the same thing or do they not want you to mix and match? I would ask the psychiatrist, but I would think if you're in a suicidal place, yeah. Depression is one thing and that hurts. And I would ask yeah. that question. But if somebody comes in and says, I am in a suicidal place, I would rush to talk and get that aligned to get you out of that place. Good. Are there more times that that's these suicidal thoughts come on, like leading up to the weekend where everybody else is doing things? And, you know, are there different times when these thoughts come on? No, the suicidal thoughts, yes, come up at different times, but they also come up as part of the diagnosis for the last 20 or 30 years <laughs> because of just mistakes that have been made. Yeah. And it's also part of the diagnosis of depression of what am I doing here? And now I'm getting older. So it's what's the purpose of my life? And if my kids are having problems talking to me, yeah. everything seems to just be bigger and and you just but the major thing has been turning 72 and saying, what's the purpose? What has been the purpose of all of this? Yeah. Why have I suffered so much and I continue to suffer on? Well, you know, there has to be. I mean, believe me, you know, after when Corinne passed, I thought the same thing. Really? You know, what, what's what's the purpose? You know, you took the love of my life away from me. And what is the purpose? And I think you know, uh, faith has helped me, but also getting up every day and going for a run or a ride, you know, my bike, rain or shine. And that which that's what helped me, you know, and I know everyone's different, you know, so, you know, but not giving up people say, God, I'm so proud of you for not giving up. I'm like, well, <laughs> I was, I'm not ready to leave. I believe me. I, if there was a guarantee that I could go see Corinne and say, Hey, you know, she's, you're not supposed to be here for another 50 years, John. Well, I couldn't wait that long, you know, so I, so, you know, but if there was a guarantee that I'm going to see her, I would, I, I, you know, but, you know, my, staying here and having faith and, you know, my family, as you're, as you mentioned, you know, family and friends are important and being able to get outside. I mean, for me, working out is what helps me, you know, uh, keep grounded. And so with you, you know, you're, you're such a, a personal guy, you know, what about writing a book? What about doing a podcast like I this? have done? What, yeah. what, what about even being a, a, a counselor? 
you know, going and being, you know, going to these, uh, um, uh, I guess, support groups and, and being that, that, that regular spokesperson there to share, you're not alone, you know, guys, I mean, I'm certain, you know, your, your message can really reach a lot of people. And so I'm in the process of trying that, working with my therapist on that and, and, and moving for moving forward because, you know, I really want to live and I just want to figure out, I, I mean, I know the ketamine can help me and I know, you know, that can help. And so I have things going on and just have to absorb the blows and, 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 and just be forward and, yeah. and be there. Does, does working out help at all? Walking, getting out of the house? I mean, I know yeah, it, anybody- it, it helps. It helps a little bit. It helps a little bit, but when you've experienced when you've experienced the ketamine and you've experienced a total whitewashing of the board, you can't imagine anything else that <laughs> so that, that, supposed to that. So let me ask you: Can is like people say is cannabis addictive? No, I think it's habit forming. Is ketamine addictive? Yeah, I think yeah. so too. I think so too. I think they give low enough doses that if you're taking it at home and you're taking a pill that you have to be aware. John, we're just, we're dealing with someone's, the quality of someone's life. So I, I hear you. As, no, I'm, if it, if no, it, I'm not it, saying that you're making a judgment. Yeah. I'm just saying that people have to realize they, most people have no understanding of what we're talking about. You have to understand that. So when I say that I'm here to survive and make it through, they they can't conceive of what that addiction may may, may cannabis dependence or ketamine dependence. I'm just trying to get by. No, I get it. The, the, re- the reason I ask these questions, and I'm and I'm not only asking, but I'm asking for the audience too, because you know, a lot of times I get the I, I get emails and messages and said, "Is it this? Is it that?" And so that's why you know, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to you about ketamine or talking about anxiety in, in seniors uh, or whatever. And so that that's that's why I'm asking these questions uh, for for that reason, just because I want you to be. Uh, an educational piece for our listeners where they're ask this question, ask that question. So that's, that's the reason I, I, I'm, I'm asking. And I'm just saying I'm more, you. I'm geared more toward the quality of one's life. And if there's nothing wrong to... with that. Blame me. I mean, I know a lot of people that, that live on cannabis 24 seven. They said, listen, you you wouldn't like me if I wasn't on cannabis. On cannabis, I feel normal. I feel healthy. I feel alive. And I feel centered, you know, homeostasis balanced. And so, you know, so I'm, I'm not here to judge any, anyone. Oh, you know? I know. I didn't take you it. Know? No, I, didn't I think, think you were, but I'm just, I think the I, ketamine is just yeah. another important avenue yeah. to go as well as the other medicines. I think a lot of people are in mental illness who are taking good medicine that the doctor has prescribed that's working well yeah. for, for them. They shouldn't blow off all of those for ketamine or ECT or anything. They should try what the doctor has suggested. So, so what happens? So, it's like, like cannabis, you know, because I, I work with a lot of seniors and their doctors. It happened with my aunt. I'm going to act like you didn't ask me that question about cannabis. You know, she's like, You've been a doctor for 30 years. 
So I said, what you do? She went ahead and grabbed another doctor. So for our audience members that are maybe going through something very similar to what you're going through, and they ask their doctors about ketamine or electric shock treatment, and they, they're denied thinking that that may be, you know, they, they may think that's my only hope to, to help me get, you know, get my, my mind uh, straight again. So what happened? What can you share with our audience members? And, you know, and, and maybe they've been I think denied. You have to ask that doctor for, to give him, to give you the name of one or two other doctors that you good. can talk to. Good, good. You know, and that, that, that's the whole purpose is, is sharing your story and helping others that may be listening and going through the same thing and knowing that they're not alone. And, and you may be that sign like, oh, my God, I've been hoping and waiting and praying for a sign. And you could be that sign, Paul. And that's the part where, you know, live out your life because I know but you're suicide, Right. Quality, but suicidality goes to ketamine. If you're thinking seriously about suicide and it's not going away and you got it, you talk to your doctor quickly and you sign up for a treatment with suicide on the heels of a recommendation from your doctor because no one should have to carry that weight. No, you, not, not, not one thing. And it sounds like over the last 30 plus year period, you've tried a lot of things from medication to electric shock to therapy to meaning. And the electric shock worked. And the ketamine works better and quicker than the cannabis. And the cannabis has worked a great deal as well. Can, can you do all three? And are you doing all three? Yeah, the night before I do the ketamine, I don't do any cannabis. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, a clear up or two days before that. I don't do that. Per, per, per your personal thing or is that their recommendation? That I, the recommendation, I, um, I think they said the day before don't do any the day before yeah. electroshock you have to stop a few days before you know some of the mood stabilizers and things like that yeah, yeah. and diabetes medicine um but those are the i mean i had the best benefit for all those years with using electroshock therapy and i went during the winter and yeah. then i was free of any depression or anything for like eight or nine months Maybe you need to, you know, like a lot of the snowbirds get out, get out of the, you know, at the beginning, we, I talked about Belgium and Belgium where ketamine was first introduced in the sixties, you know, Belgium is a beautiful country with beautiful people. But when I lived there, it was depressing. It would be pouring rain. Like 360. Like, like Portland, like Portland, Oregon or Seattle. Yeah. And so, I mean, we had to get out of there and, and come April, you when the sun would shine, you're like, oh, bring it on, bring it on. And you saw everyone was happy, you know, but, uh, you know, so it, it, I, I, I'm a big fan of getting sunlight, getting out of there. You know, a lot of people in Belgium would, would wear uh, glasses like you have on right now. I don't know if there's a special glasses, but they would go into, you know, sunrooms or have wear these special glasses that would, you know, blink lights at, at them and trick the brain. Hey, this is vitamin D, vitamin D. So, well, where, where, where do you go from here? Where, and what's your next step to, to I'm fighting with the insurance company about getting more ketamine? Mm-hmm. I'm using my cannabis. I have to figure out what's going to happen with my just job situation and how that is really going to look. I'm going to continue expressing love and uh, with to my children and just waiting on that. 
And I'm just mainly just trying to stay uh, focused and have some quality of life. I met a woman online in Taos, New Mexico. So I'm continuing on with that. Um, And that's where I'm, I'm, that's what I'm doing. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with a little touch, you know, and uh, maybe that that could bring internal. Oh, that would be that would be joyful. You know, that would be joyful. If anybody's out there right now, we have Dr. Paul Bringman single. (laughs) Look, at look, we'll do a a love connection here. So (laughs) So yeah. So Paul Bregman, Paul Bregman, cannabis resource. That info is my website, cannabis re mdbregman at gmail.com 303-550-4115. And I'm here to discuss mental illness. I'm here to discuss cannabis and just connecting and just letting you know what I think is the right thing to do. Well, I, I, I experience. And John is such a good man. man. He's a saint, you know, he's a saint. Thank you, my friend. And uh, always, always, always good to, to see you, talk to talk with you and uh, hope that we can see each other in public one, one of these days. Yeah, thank so, you for giving me this opportunity. Always, always. Thank you very much. And uh, right back yeah. at you. And uh, you love my friend. And I love that last how you closed. You said, you know, just put pushing love forward. And I just think, as Corinna would always say, is you're in the trenches, heavy backpack, pouring rain in the mud. And just one step at a time. And so you're doing that. And even through the, 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 the bad and also the good days, you're still doing it. And, and uh, you're not alone, man. And uh, okay. thank you. And uh, thank you Thanks. for our audience again for everything that you do with the UPG family. And, All the best. And, uh, UPG. Thank you. So, Love you. John Malone, the United Peace Group. Be informed, be well, and Dr. Paul Bregman, and we'll see you all soon. Have a blessed day. Appreciate it, Chad. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Be Informed, Be Well with John Malanka. Be Informed, Be Well is brought to you by United Patients Group. Come and visit us at unitedpatientsgroup.com. And thanks for listening.